apotropaic art. Many therefore believe, these, carvings to be ultimately protective or apotropaic, to reflect the contrast between a world outside the church beset by the devil and sin as opposed to the sanctity contained within its walls. Dr. Emma J. Wells. Bomford, from Good Fred, Whirlberry, once a humble apprentice stonecutter, was now head stonemason and second pastor of the Church of St. Nunnally of Unrelenting Faith, in Breford, Titmousshire, pronounced Timshire. How rude of foreigners to botch the name of our beloved county, it's written right there on the signs. Narrates Bomford to us. In the Church of the Saint, hard work and merit were indeed recompensed. Anyway, the parish is growing and business is good, there is much stonework to be crafted for the Church. Angels, seraphs, the merciful chalice of St. Nunnally, thirty monstrosities for the margins, the scepter of addendum, ten cherubs, the baby Jesus, eight demon gargoyles, the dove of mercy. Yes, we must not forget the marginalia. It is such an important word, says Bomford. In the margins of holy tableaus, we accustom to portray the savage world of unpiety. The denizens of the margins are grotesques, monsters, chimeras, iniquitous beings engaged in lewd or horrifying behavior. Sometimes humorous or whimsical, but never good. And of course, we must consider the very Church of the Lord and its margins. Inside these holy walls we will find peace and humanity. In the margins of the Church, there is savagery, brutality, and all things disgusting. And it is plain to see, even to the stubbornest heathen, that the entire world outside of this blessed house is the margin. No one wants to be a monstrous marginalian, that's a word from St. Nunnally's Green Book of Addendum, so of course the only good choice is following the good teachings of the Lord and the saints, and presenting our humble tithe on to the church. Now for the pews. On their sides, the church woodcarver had made intricate and lovely patterns of leaves entwined. But just as important, thought Bomford, was the underside of the pew, the carvings under the boards where sat the rows of the faithful. In the cathedral of St. Nunnally in Leones, there was a margin alien under every seat, little do they do they know, hell is right beneath their bottoms. If under our seats is hell, then certainly, above them must be salvation. Now that the parish in Breford was growing, it was Bomford who would design the tablas for the underside of the pew. In this humble but candid church of St. Nunnally, each pew had seating for six people, and below each of them would be a wooden panel with a margin alien or two. Bomford was to draw these monsters on parchment and then give the sketches to the woodcarver for faithful reproduction. Bomford was delighted, already thinking in evening mass, it was customary to partake of the wine of three-leaf clover, symbolizing the merging of blood of the Lord and in the knowledge of the saint. Ever affable, he talked brews with the church barleyman. This batch was particularly strange, the winemaker told him. You know how every ordinary clover in the continent has four leaves. And not only teaches us the virtue of the rare three-leaf clover. Well, right here, there was this patch of clover that had loads of three-leaf pretties. A little miracle right there. Absolutely, answers Pastor Bomford, nodding profusely. So I plucked up all that holy patch. What good wine it was going to make. But as I was pouring the mixture from the precure to the masher, I saw at least one five-leaf clover. I tried to fish it out but I lost it in the barrel. I'm terribly sorry. I understand. Worry not, good barleyman, these things happen, I know your intentions are not ill. So this is the barrel in question? Yes sir. So Pastor Bomford touches the side of the vat and begins praying somberly. Dear Lord, aid us in our scrimmage of sight. Let not the strangely beautiful and profane lead us astray. Let it not distract us from your light and your shape. Bomford smiles. Now it's just as good as the wine of every day. Crisis averted. And so, evening mass transpired as usual at the Church of St. Nunnally. Afterwards, feeling particularly pious, 
the master stonemason started working on his tablas for the church seats. Saint Natalie the old woman was a pious woman in the Church of the Lord. She befriended His Holiness Gregory XI and helped him defeat the anti-popes with her combat prayers. Then she received visions and wrote the Green Book of Addendum, now a faithful and humble companion to the Bible. In one of its appendices, you can find Nunnally's Marginarium of Monstrosities, ten pages with list of names and some sketches of monsters. The Crone's footnotes welcome us to create new marginalians, that's how she named the denizens of Echo Hell, and explore the ones she had found. How to begin, thought Bomford Whirlberry as he sat in his workshop, thinking about genitals and deformity. I want to compete with the best work of stonemason McGregor in Nunnally's Cathedral. Hmm. I shall sketch some human-like critters, some naughty dwarves and some acts of intercourse, just to get started. Oh how pleasing and pious to do my little part in the work of the Lord. And so, second pastor and stonemason Master Bomford Whirlberry worked late into the night. After some nasty little sketches of his own, he settled on using Nunnally's fiends for this first pew. That would be most holy. He chose six of Nunnally's monstrosities. The Trouser Goblin. Hobble Boy the Tumor Man. Cat Demon's Lute and Flute. The Potty Mouth Gargoyle Rook, Turret Mini Hammers at Work. Crash the Ass Monster. Fantastic work, Master Mason Bomford, he said to himself. This will be enough for one pew. And way ahead of schedule too. The woodcarver would still be busy for a couple of days before he could start work on these. But woodcarving was not Bomford's craft, and he wanted the monstrosities to be perfect. Yet, the faithful will flock to Mass in a couple of hours. It's never too early to start saving souls. I have an idea. So Bomford rushed to the church with his sketches and a bag of tools, past the church sign. Church of St. Nunnally of Unrelenting Faith. Briefford, Titmouthshire. He entered the church and approached a random pew. He removed all the seating boards and placed them on the floor, placed the drawing of the ninny hammers on the board and fastened it with upholstery tacks. With nails of this size, there's no risk of the spikes protruding on the other side he said out loud. We are not the ones who want to poke people's bottoms. Oh how humorous! If only the reverend had been nearby to hear the jolly gag. In a matter of minutes, he had finished the task of affixing all six marginalians to the seats. He scrambled the seat boards on the floor, so as not to suggest a clear order. A choir youth was passing by. Excuse me, son. Would you help me place these seat boards back in their place? Place each of them in any of the spaces in the pew. What's your name? Stephen, answered the choir youth. Stonemaster Pastor, what are these drawings? Bomford Whirlberry clears his throat. St. Nunnally the old woman teaches us that there is a hell that is adjoining our world. For instance he looks around, finds a drinking cup, finishes the water this crude drinking bowl. Look at it well. Hands it to Stephen. Did you know that what we see here is only half of it? Every inch of it is in contact with its evil, wrong, iniquitous version. The place where that nasty cup lives is called earth and contiguous hell, outlying. The saint abbreviates it as echo hell. And this echo hell is always leaking into earth. Oh how vile! When one dies, if one soul did not reach salvation and rise to join him in his greatness, one will find oneself in true hell, the place in which these evil entities live naturally and you will know the dark space between them. That must be some truly messed up shit. Good thing you and I are on the right path to heaven, eh, Stephen? Stephen looks distraught. He sits down in a non-tableau pew seat. So you see what this is? Asks Bomford, pointing to the underseat tableaus. Is it a door? Stephen answers. Not quite. More like a window. The tableau, on the margin of our piety, cleanly and neatly marks the divide where our bodies end and echo hell begins. 
It's a way to separate evil from good and send opposites to the poles of the body tableau system. This holy art pulls out the iniquity away from the body, relegates it to the margin, and isolates it within the tableau. I have never heard of a parishioner find one of our marginalian seat board tableaus in the cathedral of the capital. But if they did, it would be no problem. A little wink from God, eh? For instance, on the west wall of the church you'll find a discreet marginalian tableau, carved in stone. A stone window, that sounds like a pretty robust window. You know, even the crusader king wouldn't mind having some see-through stone windows for his fortresses on the front. Can't the monsters get out? Asked Stephen. No, no, of course not. Because it's like. You take a piece of glass, and with all our piety, that's piety with a capital P because it's the aggregate of all our pious wills, with all our piety we press this glass against the faces of the nasty creatures in echo hell. Then maybe their noses should look a bit squished. Said Stephen. But what about these parchments? Paper is easy to shred. By the saint, the nose idea is brilliant. I will be sure to include it in future tableaus. And don't worry, the flatness and brief lifespan of paper make it a duller medium. This is like a far-off glimpse of these creatures. And how do you know what the monsters they look like? That, my boy, is the miracle of Saint Nunnally. You know, young man, you should pursue a career in liturgic art. Aye. I'll think about it, Stonemaster Pastor. I like the stained glass pictures. Oh that's quite all right. The unholy holy is not for everyone. Thank you for your assistance, good man. When the glassmaker comes around from the capital, I'll be sure to introduce you if you want. I won't take up more of your choir practice time. All right all right. Bomford grew excited. All the marginalians were snugly nestled on the underside of the pew. When the church bell rang for first mass, Bomford had already settled into the most enlightened pew in the church. Playfully, he had been careful not to see which fiend was beneath each seat. The two seats to his right pew were filled by parishioners whom he knew well enough, Mr. and Mrs. Oates. The shoemaker and his wife. And so, the reverend started morning mass. How exciting! Can I guess, from the specific feeling of piety in my heart, which marginalian is beneath my ample bottom? Thought Bomford. Hmm. Well. I feel pious. But all the marginalians are impious. I feel excited, and intellectually voracious. So, which of these marginalians is the most dull and stupid? The trouser goblin. Ninny hammers at work. Hobbleboy the tumor man. Cat demons lute and flute. The potty mouth gargoyle rook. Crushmack the ass monster. Hmm. Well, Crushmack might look slow, but he is insidious and devious, so not him. The ninny hammers are mentally deficient but they are indeed industrious. It would be down to the pathetic hobble boy the tumor man or the fixed, armless potty-mouth gargoyle rook with a head like a vegetable. Hmm. But the gargoyle rook, though usually sputtering shit sludge, every once in a while spits out an owl pellet at surprising speed. So yes, it's gotta be hobble boy the tumor dwarf. Thought Bomford. What other subtle intricacies of virtue would this holy unholy tableau help Bomford reveal? Oh show me piety, hideous hobble boy. He looked to his right. Mrs. Oates was breathing a little bit loudly. Next to her, Mr. Oates was looking sweaty, he was fanning his neck with his hand. Oh, don't look so afflicted, thought Bomford, annoyed. It's just the darkness flowing from your head and your feet to your bottom, then into the seat. I thought your faith was stronger than that. She will feel such peace after this cleansing. But, she might need a bit of help. He respectfully leaned over and suggested she volunteer to lead the reading of the next passage of righteousness. We so enjoy your lovely voice and fluent reading. Mr. Oates smilled good-naturedly. 
Well don't mind if I do she answered blushing a bit. HHM hm. And so, Saint Nunnally became a friend of Pope Gregory, and with her pious counsel they defeated the anti-pope and brought peace to the realms. And then, Saint Nunnally and Saint Berthely traveled to the land of Ozakias, eldest son Zamparias, and Th. And Th. Shith. Shift ass. Oh dear, pardon me. And Fufu then met the king in his chew. Kun. A wonderful reading Mrs. Oates. You just need a glass of water, let me help you with the reading now. Said Bomford. But to himself, he thought, irritated, there is something wrong with this woman, she's not responding well to the margin tableau. Probably an illness of sort. Or rather. Her echo evil self is so rebellious, it's thrashing in rage, unwilling to be confined behind a paper. She would do much better once the tableaus were carved in wood. Now I see, concluded Bomfred. Now the bestowing of peace by means of handshakes. Then a psalm. Oh say can't you see, by the dandy green light. How the chalice of freedom is the kiss of last rites. And the old woman sings, in our hearts and our minds. Thank you pious church mother for upending the dark. Wonderful. The choir and the faithful were singing particularly sweet today. The choir sang accompanied by Berthley's bagpipes, an enormous bagpipe played by four people, including two strong men operating the bellows. Yet the song sounded more luminous today, as if accompanied by flutes and chimes. Someone to his right started clapping rhythmically, then everyone followed suit. All right. In the church of St. Nunnally, this was not common practice, but was well received by all. By this point, Bomford was feeling strangely lightheaded. It must be. It is surely. This excess of clarity has overwhelmed my mortal body. Curse my weak flesh. He walked out of the church, lightheaded and deep in his musings, so he didn't see the woman with a nasty nosebleed, nor the old man who started limping and fell sideways. After morning mass, Bomford became inspired and holed himself up in his workshop again, drawing more sketches of the marginalians and now writing facts and short stories about them. What if? I place this text in place of a tableau. I'll place it face down. On this table, to see if it draws out its impiety. There was a knock on the workshop door. Stephen, my boy, so glad you came to visit. The glass mason hasn't arrived yet. But I can give you a tour of both sides of the workshop. Here. Have some drawing powders, coal sticks, and some parchment. You know, you can also have this. It's a booklet on the cat demons. Bomford thought to himself, of all the marginalians, the cat demons were not coming along well at all. They are really lacking in hideousness. It was rather rude to give him this most efficient of all the holy unholy art on the table, but he might enjoy the drawings. Thank you sir said Stephen. You're most welcome. Run along now, kind lad, I'm afraid I have a lot of work to do. Back in quiet solitude, Bomford kept working on the monstrosities. Sorry, monstrosities. We must not exalt them. Each of the six, no, five marginalians had a space on the table. Inspired, Bomford piled illustrations of them and text about them, in no particular order, but all marginalians were gathering enough lead graphite and ink to make a booklet. Oh Bomford, now you've done it. Closes his eyes, takes a deep breath. How most apotropaic. When I'm done, I'll definitely take them to the curator of the saintly. And the council of texts will most definitely add it to the holy library. But for now, perhaps I'll place one on my work stool. And he did, laying the booklet face down on the stool cushion. Well, don't mind if I do. And he sat down, placing his bottom on the booklet. And the second he did, he heard a voice. Hello there, stonemason. It was a deep voice, resonating in his head. Your rendering of me crossed the threshold of completeness. I am. Most. 
Flattered. W.H., who are you? Asked Bomford out loud, shivering. Crushmack. Crushmack the ass monster. Ha! Huh. A name most quaint. I like it. It did its job as a placeholder and does not lie one bit. Let me introduce myself. I am Blood Vice. I am Ulcer, the hooded lyncher. I am other side the worst wisher, aspiring war crime. I am captain of the hate storm brigade, raining hard hydras into your ditch. In my everyday work on the human plane, I am death most shameful and painful. I sneak up on people and ruin them from within. I corrupt the bowels, ass affliction indeed. But not just that. Sometimes I corrupt the brain, I subtly fracture the frame so the victim will grow sicker and sicker and the people and healers will only mock them until their death. I am one of the wandering afflictions, a wish of the angry. Good morrow, good writer. It is rather early on the human vine for me, but it's never too early to get work started, a good Bomford. Scoot over, I'm taking this side. But. But Saint Nunnally said, starts Bomford, fearfully. That old hag said a lot of things. I liked her. Very smart, very audacious. But you know, it is I who taught her about echo hell in the windows. Some of the things she said are true, but I sold her on a lot of things that simply weren't. That whole apotropaic model and the cleansing with unholy tableaus. Laugh out loud. Bomfred? Bomfred. I asked kindly, now I will force you to laugh out loud. Ha 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 ha. Laughs Bomfred, with a terrified grimace and teary eyes. There we go. Yes, I also convinced her to rip out the appendix preceding the marginarium of monstrosities, the otherworld kaleidoscope. There are some. Meddlesome bastards in there. So I told her that anything luminous or fantastic that is not shaped like an old man or a virgin mother is an affront to God. Mere tricks played by the devil to lead the faithful away from the righteous path. Laugh out loud. Ho ho. As I was saying, it is early in the human vine, not yet time for the great hate wars or my favorite shades of poison. Don't get me wrong, where there are humans there is hate for another, but man, you can't imagine the scale of horrors that lurk in history. Alright. Let's set some ground rules. Scoot over a bit more, your bottom is ample enough. You got the lucky number me and you're a suitable vessel, so we'll be sharing this body now. Don't worry, you're a vessel, not a target. I won't kiss you with death. You'll deal with the day-to-day, I'll be working at night. I have to prepare a sick, sick seed. When it's ready, probably in a couple of years, we'll be making a pilgrimage to the heart of the mainland to plant a tower of hate, to make the future feistier, quicker. Oh, don't fret, it will be fine. We can probably get the church to pay for the trip as missionary work, they won't know a thing. In a few months you won't even mind me. You're in charge of the body stuff, and I'll even let you carry on with your church work. Just behave. I won't let you tell anybody about me. I can force your mouth open or shut now, you know this. It's better if we do things the easy way. If you really won't play along I'll have you sleep deep in your mind, and take over everything. View from outside the workshop. Bomford leaves the workshop, walks in the direction of the church. Abruptly, he stops in front of the church sign. He goes back into the workshop and comes out with paint and a brush. He adds something to the sign. Church of St. Nunnally of Unrelenting Fate, Briefer Titmouthshire. Pronounced Timshire. Nighttime. Young Stephen had fallen asleep on the dining table, his hand and head on the cat booklet he had been coloring. PSST, don't be alarmed. Hi Stephen. It's us. I'm Lute. And I'm Flute. But those are just monikers. We have other names. We tricked Nunnally into thinking we were hideous demons. So we could stay in the green book. And in cloud memory. Someone very bad just arrived in the village. 
We need your help. So begins Steven Universe, Dark Ages. Just kidding. Or not.